Hi, I'm Megan Raymond, and welcome to Showy 8, the interview. I always thought it'd be great to get straightforward mentorship in 15 minutes about what really matters. You know, less talk, more answers. So here, I get to interview people who are ready to pay it forward. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. I'm Megan Raymond, and welcome to Showy 8, the interview, where we talk with people who have insights you can use. Today's guest is Rebecca Rumble, creative director at Squarespace. Say hello, Rebecca. Hey, thank you. So, Rebecca, in order to get to know my guests better, I love asking this question. Do you have a favorite life mantra that helps you explain the way you see the world or life? Yeah, certainly. I think, like, back in the day, I used to always say in the shower each morning when I was much younger, like, I'm talking, like, maybe 15 years ago, uh, health, wealth, happiness, and success each morning. Um, But I don't necessarily say that so much anymore. And why, why is that? Why do you not say it anymore? I guess I don't say it so much anymore because I pretty much live it. I think, like, I manifested it in a weird way, if you believe in that kind of thinking about how we create energy. But, yeah, I definitely believe, like, I don't need to say it anymore because around me and everything around me is, like, resonates within that space of health, wealth, happiness, and success. And I don't mean that in, like, a monetary value. It just means just, like... I just feel really happy in my own body and my own skin and like the work I'm doing. I just feel very passionate and just very well balanced. I really love this, that kind of idea where it's like uh, it, it was a practice where you said it all the time as if trying to wrap your head around it intellectually till it finally just became like the subconscious belief system. And now you feel like you're actually living it every day. Yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes uh, people write stuff down on a post-it note and put it on a mirror. Mm -hmm. I used to always just kind of say it in the shower over and over again. And it was at a time where I didn't quite understand what was coming. And it was at a time where I also actually felt at loss with uh, where I was going as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I felt like that really helped my energy and my mindset kind of overcome the anxiety. You have to practice it in order to be able to see it. Exactly. And I think people as well, just like, I don't know, maybe they're a bit grumpy and they don't believe in this like metaphysical world. But I don't know, in my mind, I definitely do. I I hate to use this word, the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about that. And we're not necessarily taught about that within our own culture. It's very much within the Eastern cultures, you learn about that. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. we are what we think. We Mm -hmm. are what we eat. So in other words, you would say that you're kind of proof of it. Yeah. In your own life. It's almost like think of the dreams, set them as intention and really like what everybody always says, don't worry about how you're going to do it. Just keep thinking about it and then let the pathway show itself to you. Exactly. All right. So let's explain what you do for a living. I introduced you as a creative director uh, at Squarespace. Now we have to explain what that means to people who don't know what a creative director is or what Squarespace is. Squarespace is a, a, web, a website company, so it allows you to create your business online and also provides e-commerce. Um, so what do I do for Squarespace is like a bigger question. So as a creative director, I head up the content studio, the content studio in itself. I oversee a bunch of makers, which are video editors, videographers, um, retouchers, photographers, along with motion designers and editors, and also copywriters now. So like we we help kind of create content marketing, which again is another kind of ad speak, but it's just trying to create brand awareness about like putting Squarespace into the world, whether it be online or through social channels and creating cool creative ideas around that to be like how Squarespace can show up online. 
you're really creating all the content that then speaks to audiences who then could be attracted to Squarespace and say, oh, I get it. I should be using Squarespace to build my website, to use it as a platform and things like that. That's exactly it. Yes. I'm sure you're asked a lot about how you got into the work that you do now. And what do you tell them? I didn't know as a kid that you could do this as a job. Like, it's crazy. And like, no one ever tells you this unless you've got like a family member who works in advertising. Then you're like, oh, I didn't know you could be creative and get paid for it and like do art and commerce. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then for me, it was just kind of a happy mistake. I like was doing an an academic college. Didn't really fit with me. Didn't really gel with me because I'm quite dyslexic. Um, I got thrown out of there and then I enrolled on the local art So you got thrown out of there? Yeah, I got for an hour. It was a, it was a happy, happy mistake. It was like the best mistake I've ever made of my life. So it was awesome going to this school because finally I was surrounded by a bunch of dyslexic people, whether it was my lecturers or the people I was learning with. And everything was very practical. So we learned video editing, video production. We learned motion graphics, uh, design and audio, um, sound design. And it was like the best mistake of my life. And then I kind of, through the fear of God, stuck with it ever since. And that's where I am today, like like running the content studio at Squarespace. And I also find it very curious that you are talking about being dyslexic and that you found a lot of other people with the same thing going on in school, which just shows people expressing their intelligence in other ways, that just because not everyone can learn the way that everyone's traditionally taught in school doesn't mean that they're not expressing an intelligence and don't... I think it's mis... A lot of these things are mislabeled as like disorders or learning disabilities or whatever. And I don't, it's like you're other abled or something. You know, I wish I had a better term for it. I completely agree with you. A lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs are actually people who are dyslexic because they see the world in a different way. But it's just the way in which we nurture them. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your younger self starting out in your career? I think uh, giving myself... My younger self, career advice, looking back, I think, like, mistakes. Mistakes are a part of the journey, you know? Like, you have to learn from them, but at the same time, don't beat yourself up about them. They're part of the process. It's just, like, I think I used to get a lot of anxiety and just, like, freak out so much by them. But, like, if I'm telling my younger self, it's, like, this is a part of the journey. It's okay. Everything's always going to be okay. Like, the world isn't resting on our shoulders. We're not mm-hmm. Atlas. Um, but just to kind of fail fast and find the solution. But just, like, don't beat yourself up about it. Mm-hmm. I love that you, that you say uh, that everything's going to be okay. I, w- I, I wish more of us felt safe more often so then we would feel more comfortable with making mistakes, owning up to mistakes, course correction, collaboration, transparency, accountability, and all that kind of stuff. I want to ask you a question that I think a lot of people in the um, audience can relate to, and it's about um, creative burnout, creative blocks, what to do about that. So, Because you and I were able to have a conversation before this interview that you had experienced this yourself. And I'm just very curious about what was the situation that you were dealing with where this burnout came about? How did you work through it? And what do you, when you look back on it now... What's your assessment of it? Just because it afflicts so many people in creative industries. Yeah, I think it's a good kind of talking point. Towards the end of last year, I was across so many projects, allocated probably 200%. 
And it was like the spinning plates of like, you've got to keep everything in motion and you can't let one plate drop because everything else like will fall. But it's just kind of being aware of it. But at the time I did feel a little bit frustrated because I sensed I couldn't talk about it because everyone else was going through the same kind of thing. And there was kind of a little bit of shame within that to be like, I don't want to seem like I'm moaning, but at the same time, there's no one I can turn to to talk about this. So for me, it's just like being very aware of that and like, I don't know, having like checking yourself and just making sure, hey, okay, now I realize I am like getting really agitated and anxious and being short with people. Uh, And it's just kind of removing yourself from that space, Um, like whether it's like listening to music or going and doing some exercise or taking the dog for a walk. It 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 pays so much off, like by taking a break and not trying to force things, take into account what's going on with you and just step away. And I think as well, you can be honest with your producer because they should be there to help you, especially as a creative person, to have you as your have your back to be like, hey, I'm not feeling good. Like, I, I feel very anxious right now. I feel this energy within me. I don't feel good. I just need to, like, step away. Like, it's going to be okay. So in other words, you experienced your dip and you realized that you needed to be able to give yourself some mental space. And so what kind of mental space did you take for me, like uh, my mental space is definitely getting out of the house and cycling. I feel like cycling to me just, I mean, I think people like have it riding a, running. riding a, a, a bicycle. Yeah, riding a bicycle, it's like some kind of childhood nostalgia, but it just like that and listening to music at the same time, it just takes my mind into a really happy state. I'd be like cycling home or cycling to work. And then the idea of what I was working on and how to solve it would come to me. So that's why I always kind of, it's kind of a memory and a trigger for me to be like, go out and cycle, feel free within yourself and like Mm -hmm. eradicate this. And then the idea will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a famous story in a lot of creative industries where it's like you feel so intensely trying to come up with a solution for a creative problem and it isn't until you step away and like make a sandwich or go to the bathroom or take a shower or whatever or go cycling that the idea then pops in your head that's like that happened you hear that story over and over and over again about how people come up with solutions that way uh so okay so it sounded like you you were going through creative burnout because you were overwhelmed with lots of projects you realized that you needed to be able to step away to be able to create your own space from it in order for you to be able to then feel like i can handle this again you found your own outlet through bicycle riding and exercising, and that helped um, ease you back into creative thinking. And now that you've worked through that, how do you look back on that now and are like, are you scared if it ever happens to you again? So interestingly, so there's like obviously before Christmas, there's like the burnout of like, okay, I have too many things on. Like, how are we meant to deliver this? Cool. We'll figure it out. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going back to like my mid-20s, I had like, what would be probably a nervous breakdown to a point where I was working for another place and it was just a lot of sense like I don't know it was a very intense environment to work in with lots of like sensory things with like music being very loud people talking and just never being able to get work done and but then also realizing that again when I was younger and then I was like I couldn't I started having panic attacks I couldn't like go to work and I was like it was really affecting me and my personality to the point of getting kind of depression I'm, I'm really happy that happened to me in my early 20s because happening like that now where I'm like, I don't know, in charge of a lot of people, like you can't like step away from that. But having that happen to me when I was in my early 20s, it was like my responsibility wasn't that big, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But again, at that time, I ended up realizing that wasn't the place for me to work. 
But then again, I also stepped away and just like had some time to recharge and just tried to read a lot of books of like, what is actually happening to me? Mm-hmm. Like, and how can I overcome this? I'm very inquisitive. If something feels not right, I'm always wanting to know what the answer is. Mm. That's a lovely quality. Yeah, I think that's a uh, interesting learning about how important environment can be. Yeah. It's um, like if you don't feel if you don't feel good in yourself, you should be like, okay, there's something wrong here. Right. And it's okay that you feel that something's wrong. And then it's also okay to feel like, how can I address this now? Instead of feeling like you should feel shameful about it. Like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Instead of giving yourself the opportunity to be able to look into it. I have one last question for you, which is my favorite question to ask people. If you were leaving the planet tomorrow to move to another galaxy, you're just moving, you're not dying. (laughs) What advice do you leave for the rest of us staying on Earth? (laughs) It's a dramatic question, which is why I love asking it. (laughs) So epic, so epic. It's just like, learn to love each other. Like a little bit of understanding goes such a long way. It's not about you, it's about us together, coming together to create whatever it might be. It might be work or just understanding each other, you know? I think we Mm -hmm. just need that right now within the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also really love, I thought so interesting that you kept saying during this conversation today, you kept coming back to the mantra of it's okay, it's going to be okay. And I think a lot of times we just need to remind ourselves and remind each other that it can be okay. And that if we work together, actually things can actually get better than what just was. Rebecca? <laughs> This has been great. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and share your wisdom and insights. Thank you for you taking the time out to speak to me. Like, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. I've definitely enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. So you can easily say goodbye to the audience yourself, address them yourselves if you have something you want to say, or we could say goodbye together. You tell me. Okay. Well, let's say goodbye together then. One, two, three. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Showy 8, the interview. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify podcasts, Google Play, and showy8.com. And follow at Showy 8 Wise Words on Instagram for your daily wisdom.